Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them. But we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to week eight of Bachelor in Paradise, where metaphors really become reality. After weeks of hurricanes Demi, Mari, Tammy, and so on, a very real tropical storm makes landfall in Sayulita and causes the same amount of damage and disturbance as a woman having negative emotions in public. Yeah, pretty much the same amount of fallout, I would say. Meanwhile, the end of paradise is rapidly approaching and the whole beach is just starting to get that, like, bar on a Saturday night at like 1.30 a.m. It's almost closing time sort of vibe as all the desperate singles are just trying to make that love connection before it's too late. Really depressing vibes, I have to say. I mean, I don't know. I think it's I think it's kind of a fun time, Claire, but, <laughs> well, but we will have time to get into all of that. And joining us to recap this week for the first time ever, romance novelists Tessa Dare and Rebecca Weatherspoon. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited. Well, we are excited to have you and we have a lot to get into. Let's dive in. Yes. (laughs) So much romance, so much romance, so much uh, drama. Um, So I know you guys will have a a lot of insight, but we open actually with some zoology. We open with a night heron eating a crab. As Joe and Serena make out by the water, and so I suppose the night heron represents Joe and Serena's love, and the crab represents Kendall's heart as she watches and is wrecked. This show loves a very heavy-handed metaphor, and frankly, I'm here for it. And the metaphor is like always a crab being eaten by being a night eaten. heron. Yeah, no, they look, they have one note, but they're like, we are going to hammer this home in every scenario possible. So... 
Kendall, uh, we saw the end of this interaction, uh, the beginning of this in- interaction last episode. She sees the love connection happening. She gets up to sadly walk away. Ivan is like rejected as he tries to comfort her with an ill-timed kiss. And I have to say, I wasn't sure how people were going to be reacting to Kendall. And it seems like the reactions that we see are pretty sympathetic. I mean, were you guys surprised by this? I sort of thought she might be framed as like, why is she even here? She's the obstacle to Joe and Serena's love story. But people are like, wow, she's really hurting. It's sad to see a good person hurting. I think I might be the like one unsympathetic person <laughs> to this whole situation. Um, this is like the one thing that I was like, we need to talk about this. She had Joe's phone number. And I, I don't want to like jump ahead too much, but like Joe at one point says like, you know, you could have said something before we had plane tickets in hand, you know? <laughs> like, she could have called him before this. I, I'm, I, that's, that's, my, yeah. that's my take on it. See, I really felt for Kendall. I, I didn't see her as trying to rekindle as much as I saw someone who knew rationally that a relationship was over, but it somehow struck her really hard just seeing Joe making out with Serena. And I think there's always those moments. Breaking up is like a grieving process and you go through it in stages. And uh, I have a feeling she kind of knew it was over, but she hadn't, it hadn't really come home. And I think it just smacked her in the heart. I agree a hundred percent. I found it really relatable. And I actually thought that the other people on the beach responded sympathetically in part because it doesn't actually seem like she has been at all antagonistic to Joe or Serena. I mean, it's a little bit hard to say because they completely cut out her entire interactions with Ivan, Mm, essentially. We're going to have to talk at various points about the very confusing editing that makes it difficult to difficult to know what's going on in a lot of these scenarios but exactly there's a lot more joe and kendall to come they kind of get the beginning of this episode but first kendall kind of goes to the bar when she leaves the beach and asks wells have have you ever had to watch your ex kiss someone and i love this moment where you can see wells like trying to decide whether jojo counts and then he's like no (laughs) and she tells him that she's been crying a lot it's she feels like it's been awkward she's been having a hard time but she doesn't want to be in upset in front of him and serena she doesn't want to be like having people bear witness to her struggle i felt bad for her in that sense because as you know tessa's spot on like the breakup aspect of it is so painful and i did feel bad that she was like hurting but also i was kind of like girl So hard. They also kind of kind of screwed her by, you know, bringing Joe in original cast and then letting her enter a few days later. Whoever enters later is pretty much always at a disadvantage. And often they don't necessarily know exactly when they'll be coming in when they agree to do the show. So I also sort of wondered whether like what those conversations were ahead of time. They obviously wanted to give Joe a chance to establish something. And then to have Kendall be and and it was it's interesting. Bachelor Data actually just released a whole graphic of featured screen time for the whole season so far, and like Joe has had the most screen time by far. And it really feels like the show made a conscious choice to be like he is the main character, and Kendall is an obstacle. And like I think that's the part that sort of bothered me throughout this entire narrative. But yeah, ultimately Kendall 
leaves Wells and is like, I guess I need to go talk to Joe. That night, I was a little bit like, do you need to do it right now, Kendall? Because he and Serena just had a beautiful romantic moment by the beach. And you're like, now is the time for another chat with Joe. I wonder if she had like kind of already decided that she was going to leave. So she was like, I got to talk to Joe. And then I got to get the fuck out of here. I don't think she did. That There's a before she goes and talks to him, I obviously like, again, we need to talk about the editing. But she says that she thinks Joe is still in love with her. I I wrote this down because I had a similar reaction. One thing I know for sure, I will always love Joe. And I think he feels the same way I do. There's just enough. There's just a hint of ambiguity there because you can love someone forever, right? Even if you break up, that doesn't mean you're in love with them. But it, it, it is like an odd thing to say here. I also don't know if we know exactly when she says it. That's yes, kind of yes. like, I feel like the editing here was like so whack. Yeah. The editing was atrocious. I was trying to like, I, cause I think too, they're talking to them after a lot of this stuff happens. So I'm sure their emotions are all over the place when they're saying half of the stuff that they're saying. No, I was just going to say, I got the impression that she wanted to hear that Joe was hurting the same way she was. And he was like, not really. <laughs> um, but he he had that the first few days, like you said, and she wasn't there to see it. He was kind of wandering out around the beach, wondering what he was doing there, thinking about falling in love with Kendall. And he had kind of moved through that. And she was having to move through that while seeing Joe make out with Serena. And it was not quite an equal situation. Yeah, I think if Joe had arrived and Kendall was like, well, I struggled, but now I'm loved up with a really buff influencer and feeling good about it. Joe would be having a slightly different approach, but they sit. She's clearly emotional. And and she says, you know, I can't stop thinking about how we met here. I love the way that we were together. I still feel like you're my best friend. And I love seeing you thriving, being funny, making friends. Um, That makes me happy, but it reminds me why I fell in love with you. So it's also difficult. And he says, are you not over us? And Kendall says, don't ask me that right now. I never stop loving you, obviously. Kendall is just crying into Joe's neck, basically, and being like, I don't want to be this vulnerable in front of everyone here. It's very hard. And he asks why she came. And she says, for the same reason you did, probably. I feel like I'm always going to have love for you. And she says, well, but why did you come here? So this was very confusing to me. This is okay. So this part was when I got really confused because that does not seem to make sense as her full response to that question. They definitely cut something here. Like, I agree. It doesn't make sense. The reason that he came is obviously not because he's always going to have love for her. Like, she's not insane. Like, she's not stupid. She's not. (laughs) She knows what's happening, right? She knows he's not there because he's in love with her. I think she said something else and then said, I'm always going to have love. I feel like I'm always going to have love for you. Like, I feel that they cut out a chunk there. But it does really make it seem like she's delusional. Like, she's like. We both came here to get back together, obviously. And this is what I mean. Like, I, it felt like a very conscious choice on the part of the show to be like Joe specifically. And then by proxy of Joe, Joe and Serena as the golden couple are like the center of the love story this season. And thus, Kendall having come in second 
is the obstacle. And it's not that they it's not like they totally villainize her, but they do make her appear to have come solely to try to get him back and then to like obviously fail and be sort of sent away defeated. And it it just felt like they were making that decision so consciously because this conversation was so choppy. It's like they didn't want to include anything that might complicate that takeaway. I feel like the two of them have had a lot of like miscommunication problems. I was trying to remember when they first got together and they had some like fits and starts when they first got together. Like it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't smooth sailing. Like they didn't just link up and be like off to the altar. Like I when (laughs) even when they were, when they were on paradise the first time, it was very like up and down. And didn't Kendall at one point like pull away from him. And then I actually don't think we would have gotten to know Joe and Kendall quite as well. If there wasn't drama, because the couples that just go off, we barely see. I, just, I think they, I think they have really bad communication issues with each other, and I think that, in combination with the editing, was making it very, extremely confusing. <laughs> and then you have poor Serena over in the corner, who's actually like pretty straightforward, and is like, "Yeah, I trust you, and I'm here for you, and we're just hanging out." And it was very interesting to see that juxtaposition too. And I think you're right yeah. that setting them up as like the love story and giving Joe you know, a second chance because he was so popular. He got, he was off one night, night one on Becca's Yes. Season. Most successful night one contestant like ever. I have to say he, he, he's made, I think some of Bachelor Nation a little cocky about their ability to assess people because he was eliminated night one. And there was a big push to be like, whenever someone did something bad on the show to be like, your fave would never. And like a picture of grocery store Joe. And he turned out to seemingly seemingly pre- be a pretty good guy. So it was like, okay, but like, we knew nothing about him. Like, he could have been any sort of sociopath. But I think that what we do see with Kendall and Joe is that they're, they're both like still caught up in these like, especially her because she hasn't made this new connection. There isn't that experience with communicating through a breakup and like working through some of these issues that come after like oh, we're so into each other and we get along well and we have funny jokes together. And they did it publicly. I think that's the other thing that, I I mean, (laughs) um, Rachel Lindsay said, you know, she was talking about how she had made a complete ass out of herself in prior relationships, but she didn't do it on television. And I think that's also one big thing where it's like, we've all, I mean, my last breakup was a disaster. And I think if anyone (laughs) saw that on tape, there would be, a lot of questions. I'd get calls from my parents. It would be all kinds of things. So I think doing that on television and then having it played out over and over again on social media, on, I mean, we're sitting here talking about it now, like that, what that does to you emotionally, I can't, I can't even imagine that. So Kendall did it. She handled it very well. Right. That's what I kept thinking. I was like, this is a literal nightmare scenario. (laughs) I am always a fucking mess when I go through a breakup. Like I have, have no dignity it's just like <laughs> oh my god like all three of the people involved in this and i think we've said this before it's just like they all handled themselves shockingly well and the yeah. fact that it was on tv i just like totally agree wow i think the fact that they handled it so well is the reason we got so many franken quotes and so much confusing editing i i don't think they gave 
as much drama as the show was hoping to see. And so they had to kind of construct this story out of a lot of snippets of conversation. I think that's true. They're doing a little like erasure uh, poetry here. So she, at this point, they they hug, they say goodbye. I just want to point out that at this point, I noticed that Joe is wearing tube socks with his <laughs> slides. It is a favorite look of his. I want her to take a mental image of that and like carry it with her always and be like, I can do better. I can move on. Kendall, you don't need to just like move to a much colder <laughs> climate to have no. the babies of a man who wears tube socks with slides. In Mexico. Like, yeah. I think that's the other part. Like, they keep talking about how hot yeah. it is. It's like, first of all, you're wearing socks on a beach. Like, what? And it's like wet and sandy and all that. But it's also, according to the cast, 9,000 degrees outside. <laughs> I have to think it's because he's the only person on the beach who forgot to get a pedicure. Uh, no other thing I can think of. <laughs> so Kendall heads back to the group and says goodbye to everyone in this way that people sometimes do, where suddenly they just approach the group and are like, anyway, bye. And she says goodbye to her buddies, Becca and Tia, emotionally. Um, we see her say goodbye to Ivan. Um, they say they'll miss each other and they hug. And we just really didn't see any of their relationship except for her looking sad and withdrawn. Uh, I went uh, back to watch the the other rose ceremony and I like, I looked down for a second and I looked back up and I was like, wait, who did Ivan give his rose to? <laughs> and I was like, he gave his rose to Kendall? They were like dating on the beach. Like that you see them sometimes like kissing or like talking in a hammock, but like never with any real substance. We were robbed of any like romantic fun vibes between the two of them. Kendall did not get a date card, which I think was a really mean thing for production to do. They were like, go down, have your big talk with Joe and then just like hang out on the beach. And I'm like, let her have a date card. Take Ivan on a date. We know she was interested in him. Anyway, so that so she she leaves. And in the limo, she is crying a lot. Um, she says Joe is her person. I remember too this feeling when you've been in one really serious relationship. You're like, that was the singular person I've ever been close to in that way. And it's very hard to imagine that it's actually over. I, I just want good things for Kendall. This is all intercut with Joe making out with Serena because after this conversation, of course, he went to find Serena. So they're still they're good. They're in a good place. In his interview, I think we referenced this before. Joe says that if Kendall really wanted him back, she should have told him before he got there. And then he says, because I really, really loved her. And that made me so upset. I think that was oh. the one part Ooh. where I was kind of like, I really wish production hadn't like gotten in Kendall's head like I feel yeah. like there was a wiser voice somewhere that was like actually the sensical thing to do is like not have this conversation not try to repair this on camera but somewhere in her head the idea of like let me go back to paradise even just to talk to him even if she wasn't trying to get back together with him there should have been you know a wiser voice somewhere a friend something that was like you should actually talk to him about this in person or on the phone and not in Mexico, you know? And I think that's where I, I felt, I really felt for her in that sense. Yeah, I think you're, I think you are right. 
We also get a little check-in with Ivan after Kendall makes his exit. Whose feelings have been, like, absent from this whole narrative up until now. Yeah, I was like, finally, finally an in-the-moment interview with Ivan. And he's like, I should have known. I'm really bummed. And he's like, I don't know where I'm getting a rose from at this point. Like, I... I want to stay and meet someone else. And I was just like, yeah. sir, do you understand there are like four days left of filming? Like, what? You, it might, you might just have to like get back on the apps or like yeah. slide into some Instagram DMs. That part made me wonder if we really did miss very much between Ivan and Kendall because he pivoted really fast from seeing someone he, <laughs> he was did. dating just devastated to what does this mean for me? But I would have liked to see him have a slightly more reflective hour (laughs) where he worried about (laughs) Kendall and how she was hurt. No, Ivan is like, which he like very quickly moved into like desperation for a rose mode. That's the thing is that like, as much as I've, I've liked Ivan throughout his whole time on the franchise i was like this is the way that someone talks who wants to be on tv like it's too late to meet someone and make like a real romance work on the beach that portion but, of the show right is but over. he's like i will not be leaving and he's like i want to stay i just got to get a rose from somewhere i'm like ivan don't like you're making it very transparent that you just want more screen time. I think it's more vacation time too. <laughs> I think it's yeah. you have to remember this in a way is like a paid vacation. You know, he's like yeah. hanging out with his friends mm-hmm. or at a resort. There's a lot of free food, a lot of free food and free drinks. Uh, that would get me. There's a moment when they're getting the little announcement that they have to evacuate. And you can see Abigail being like, can I eat one more fry while I'm getting this announcement before it's too late? And she's like, no, it's too serious. I got to put the fry down. So the next morning, the the couples are all canoodling. Uh, Joe and Serena are able to finally be happy without Kendall's pain being present. And Dr. Joe and Ivan are just like kind of chilling, uh, trying to uh, figure out how they're going to stay another another week. And what do you know? Here's Lil John in a bright floral button down with a big I announcement. Just, I-, I loved the bold print. Very, very here for it. <laughs> He's like, with Kendall leaving, there's one less rose for the men. So I decided to bring two new men. Oh, I just love seeing these guest hosts like really working for that that vanity paycheck. It's so fantastic. I feel like the editing too actually did a lot of the hosts a disservice too, because it was like, where are they? What is happening? Why are they only there for like six minutes? Or are they there for like <laughs> a whole week? Like, right. when Titus left, I was like, wait, he, he got there two minutes ago. Here. Like, he just got there. This is the thing. It used to be, like, a running joke about Chris Harrison that he was never there, that he was, like, off somewhere drinking mimosas and, like, barely ever showed up on the beach. And they were like, we're going to replace that person with six people. So we're going to divide someone who's barely ever there by six people who are barely ever there. And as a result... It really feels like they just pop their head in for 30 seconds. No, I'm like, just just like let Wells host. Yeah. Like, just do it. Just make the call. Um, but we get two new men and all of their many muscles entering the beach. Damar and Ed are here. They're here t- to romance some ladies. They are running shirtless toward the group, awaiting them on the beach. And Aaron says... At this point, 
they look shredded. Ed's legs are like two thick Christmas hams, absolutely massive. They would feed a whole village of cannibals. I have to say, when Aaron is not directly, in, you know, attacking uh, people and, and engaging in lots of toxic masculinity, he is like pretty funny. I wish he would just like stick to that. I agree. I loved this. I like, be, like, the, I... be the ham of the beach. Don't be the guy who's constantly like, you want to go, bro? You want to go? You know, I like... feel like even when he is threatening violence, he's funny. <laughs> I <laughs> I love Aaron. And it's, I mean, I don't know if he makes my parts tingle but he makes my writer heart like really fluttery because he comes out with these vivid Mm. descriptions that are just amazing it's just you know he's like a christmas ham would feed a village i'm like where are these villages filled exclusively with cannibals i have so many questions it's a very vivid he has a writerly mind. Uh, he's going to write uh, a romance <laughs> novel. He's going to like be like, he Chris should. Harrison can do it. Chris Harrison wrote a whole book without a single description, even remotely. No. That I, I, I want to read his screenplay. That's what I would love to read <laughs> from Aaron. He definitely has a gift for these. And even, like I said, even when he's angry, he'll be like, I'm going to fire up the chainsaw and chop off his toes and put him in an advent calendar. I mean, he, he just... <laughs> to these places that are they stun me yeah i i it's i feel so conflicted about aaron because he'll say something like that and i'll be like aaron's great like he's so funny and then like 30 seconds later he's uh he's just starting shit for no reason but aaron has to defend his turf right because he's with chelsea now they have feelings for each other according to aaron allegedly and now there's damar who he's threatened by and Damar immediately does grab Chelsea to chat. Ed grabs Natasha for a chat. At this point, Dr. Joe is like, I'm a little sad about this because like, I've, you know, I'm really see potential with me and Natasha. And I was like, do you do you think Natasha feels that way? Like, have you discussed this with Natasha? Like, Dr. <laughs> Joe, you really like made it clear you weren't that into her <laughs> by the end of your day. Yeah. You like freaked out. This is the other issue with the editing that is driving me insane. Because I'm like, have okay, did you and Natasha not speak to each other at all from the <laughs> moment you left that date to now? I, I just, it's so confusing to me how people are not even, like, did Joe not wake up and say, like, hi, Natasha, do you want to talk today? Like, We'll, we'll never know. We'll we never may know. never know, Rebecca. It's so wild. It's like, how there are hours and hours and hours and hours going by and you're in, like, basically trapped on something that's like the size of a football field and you're not even just being like hi good morning and like expressing the like interest of the other person's existence it's very strange it's so strange it's like yeah they're together all day and sometimes one of them will say like oh he hasn't talked to me the last couple of days and i'm like what do you mean like you're together all the time like how have you not had a conversation you're supposedly in some sort of couple Meanwhile, Natasha is giving interviews where she's like, well, that whole Joe thing was a bust, obviously. And Joe's giving interviews that are like, I think that, you know, Natasha and I have a lot of potential and I just hope that she she doesn't get distracted by someone else. And I'm like, Joe, it's already over. Like, you haven't. Okay. So Joe still thinks that there's something happening, but is clearly not doing a good job locking it down. And Natasha tells Ed that she's available. Meanwhile, Damar has also decided to chat with Marissa 
And this interaction is fascinating. He walks her off and he's like, how you been? So right off, they know each other. They've clearly at minimum. Yeah. Like been, yeah, been Instagram friends. They are talking like, let's catch up. Yeah. She's like, you've been missing the party. Like we've been waiting for you. We get an interview where Becca's like, yeah, I don't think that she would accept a date from Damar, but. Damar was like the person that she wanted to see on the beach. And this conversation was so interesting to me because it felt like from what we see after, it's pretty clear that she does tell Damar that she's with Riley. But they like cut that entire part of the conversation in order for us to like wonder if Damar was going to ask, going to ask her on the date. And then it's just like, oh, no, Damar's going to take Chelsea because, like, she's single. Yeah. So Ed asked Natasha on the date. Damar asked Chelsea. And meanwhile, Marissa is affected by Damar's appearance. She's spiraling a little bit. She's like, now that I've talked to Damar, I wonder if I need more from, from Riley. And that uh, Riley is good with his actions, but not with his words, which surprised me. I would not have expected that from Riley, who seems great with his words. I I expected that because when he yeah. was on previously, there was he was very sweet and he was very kind, but there was elements of like we need to get Riley to like actually say something of substance, mm-hmm. and that was when yeah. we first learned about his family um, when he was on before. So I wasn't too. I wasn't too shocked that he was being very chivalrous and kind and sweet and horny. Um, but maybe maybe not getting to the deeper stuff. And maybe she was like, yeah. we're licking each other's toes, but like we need to have like an actual conversation about like who we are as people. What's the difference, though, between licking a toe and having a conversation? You're talking with your body. If I'm licking your toes, like, you know my social security number. So... <laughs> That's just me. I don't I don't know how they like, got if I'm licking your toes. Uh you're stealing my identity. Yeah. Okay. Like we are married. There's already grandkids like Otherwise the tube stock tube stocks stay on, right? And so Yeah. That's it. They're protective. Joe's like, I'm not finding myself in this situation. Yeah, I think that I sort of initially interpreted he's not great with his words as being like he's not giving me like affirming words which i think he does seem to that's how i interpreted it she's very like clear-eyed about what's going on she's like i don't want to ruin the fun that we're having by having a conversation because i don't want him to say what i don't want to hear i was like yeah that's real i mean that's that's real that's that's usually what people don't quite realize is going on and the double date meanwhile is painting lessons so the couples both seem to be kind of vibing pretty well. Damar, mainly because he thinks they look very similar, which, you know, it's true. They do both have dyed hair, hoop earrings, and are hot. And he's like, that's all I need. And she's, you know, she matches up with that. He's like, yeah, seems like a good fit to me. Hot, dyed hair. Yeah. Like, that's it. I mean, he's doing his best. He came for Marissa. And not only is she taken, like, everyone else is taken. He's like, I mean, who would say no to Chelsea? Natasha, meanwhile, says that Ed is very hot and has a very hot body. So she paints it. She doesn't really paint the head. She's giving us sort of like guy that you meet on an app 
DMs you a mirror photo sort of framings. Classic marble statue that's like been <laughs> somehow beheaded over time. Yes. But yes. is still like a beautiful work of art. Yeah. Or like a perfume advertisement where the perfume is just like right over the penis. Or quite a know. few romance novel covers. <laughs> Quite honestly. Yes. Very true. (laughs) That's so true. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Look, I love all of these creative interpretations. I think that we have really gotten into the art. And that's that's what this this date is all about. Creative expression. I just watch this show for the art. And you know, it's few and far between, but when it comes, it really not delivers. (laughs) And on that note, we are going to take a quick break. Can you keep up? I like This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love Article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from Article, that lovely chair out on my deck, Article, our big console, Article, my bed frame, Article. This is an Article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first Article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And 
my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So Ed is thrilled with this, and uh, then the women paint directly on the men's torsos and ed loves that even more um he's a face paint guy like classic face paint guy yeah i was really i here i was it was a really interesting moment because natasha's been like sad the whole time so it was interesting to see her finally kind of like not sad and ed is very specifically like really corny in a certain (laughs) way but in like a sweet way like he's he seems like a very sweet guy and it was interesting to see them kind of like both being really corny and like just giggling together and i was like oh i was like maybe natasha's kind of corny and maybe ed's like her kind of corny guy and this is actually working yeah, like, I, I was, was like, here for it i'm like let let natasha just have a one fucking good day okay i hope i hope that she can have I, like part of me was like it's hard not to be like she's like really eager to be happy with someone at this point after the ride she's had so i'm like a little skeptical, but like they do seem to be having a really good time. I think that mostly I just remember not liking Ed on the season he was on, but I can't remember why. And it's he got a bad just, edit. Just, he got caught up in some of the group drama that always happens, and he could still be a perfectly lovely guy. Yeah, look, I I don't I'm gonna guess that Natasha and Ed are not like end game for each other, but I just like to see our girl getting to enjoy this resort a little bit rather yes. than being like emotionally tortured by a dude. Meanwhile, back on the beach, Joe is now strumming a ukulele. And I have to say, there is a huge double standard here because when Connor was strumming his ukulele, everyone was like, oh, that's so great. I love your song, Connor. And when Dr. Joe is strumming his ukulele, everyone's like, what a nerd. Uh, that's so like sad that he's strumming his ukulele. I was like, let him live with his ukulele. You know, he's just trying to have fun. Uh, I think poor Doctor Joe is not the most extroverted <laughs> and has sort of isolated himself. He came to hang out with his best friend Brendan, exactly. and that did not work out. That is something about this show that makes me feel really old because my generation. <laughs> I never knew what it was to be wooed by a ukulele, and I never (laughs) will. It seems like something that's for younger people, and, you know, or was it a banjo? Didn't Joe call it a banjo? 
other Joe. Joe was just wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, Joe was incorrect. He, he was, was wrong. I mean, look, Dr. Joe is 38. I have to so say. He's an, a the, real elder millennial, the you know? Thing about, the thing about the ukulele, though, is it hasn't worked for Dr. Joe, and it didn't work for Connor, so. The track record isn't fantastic. Yeah, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a thing still to this day. Is, is Paradise a place for, like, the shorter, less jacked, sensitive musician. Is this is this a place where <laughs> these kinds of men throw? I mean, these are the kinds of men who I actually in real life would be completely smitten and in love so with. Oh, I mean, like I I have like feelings for Doctor Joe. We will get into yeah, that yeah. another time. Oh, serious yes. feelings. Uh, no, we we are all in agreement about that. <laughs> I feel like this is just not. When you're like competing against like Thomas's height and beauty, Thomas is a gorgeous man, uh, or Riley's insane pectorals, like, is there a place for a guy like Joe who like might be like five four? Like, I, is there is there a place for him? I don't know. We're gonna have to look this up. But Doctor Joe, I think, could have done pretty well if he come in earlier. Like, this is a very I challenging agree. point in the season to come in. And I think that you have to be the guy that someone is waiting for to be successful at that point. And I don't think he was that for anyone who was available. Natasha, I think, could have been a great fit for him if his friend had left her alone. <laughs> but that did not happen. I yeah. want Dr. Joe to get the grocer Well, Joe exactly. Out. But you need to then bring, he needed to be brought in with the original cast. Yeah. Missed You're pretty much set up to fail when you come in this late. Yeah. So. Back on the date, uh, Natasha and Ed are making out. They're really vibing. And Natasha is super happy. She's like, hallelujah, the vibes are here. Things are finally going well. So I will take her at her word. She's into Ed, who I find to be a bit of a dweeb. But she's into it. And so I support it. I'm happy for her. Meanwhile, Noah is carrying Abigail piggyback of course that's like the only way women women move around on the resort is piggyback on a man's back Do you think they're going to get their dainty feet in the sand <laughs> claire he wants to leave the option open of being able to suck something off of her toes later exactly so, like, she can't, she can't have her, feet, have her feet all in like crab carcasses exactly so he's carrying her up to uh, a little spot with a hammock and a tray of margaritas and she's very impressed even though those seem to be the main things at the resort has and noah says you know it's really time for us to like have a have some serious conversations like as couples and like i haven't said i'm falling in love with you to abigail so like i really need to get off the beach and on a date you know so we can talk this never comes up again this is where the scene ends we do not see what happens and we never hear from them again i am so upset that we have gotten essentially nothing from noah and abigail like they have just faded into the background gotten hardly any screen time like they just dangle a thread like this and then just are like whatever this is how little we we care if you understand what's going on with this couple. We're literally going to tell you that they're about to do something and then just never return to it. Yeah, what was the point of this scene? I'm baffled. Yeah, they're like, duh, here's a nod. We don't care. Look, now let's get to Kenny rubbing sour cream sensually. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. Spoiler alert. Um, yes. <laughs> Kenny gets a date card that says, are you hungry for love? He asked Mari on the date. 
Becca asks Marissa, do you think they'll one-up your whipped cream stunt on the date? And Marissa's like, no, I think it'll be more in- intimate because Kenny's already been like really naked all the time. And what's interesting is that the date turns out to be less intimate than their whipped cream adventure. Because there's just like a nice lady at their elbow the whole time that they're this looking poor food woman. off of each other. This poor woman. I hope she got paid handsomely. I'm going to be completely honest. I fast forwarded to the scene. <laughs> I I am, and this, this translates to romance novels too. I remember I read one romance novel where the hero pours a pixie stick on the heroine and licks it off. And I was like, what? I cannot do food and sex. It makes me so nauseous. So like licking, like... Chocolate syrup is, like, as far as you can go. When you get to, like, carne asada <laughs> and, like, yeah. guac, I was Not like, okay. no. Is when someone n- is, like, no. hovering over your naked body, heartily chewing a full mouthful of taco, that's when the sexiness bus has left the station. Like, we're not doing sexy anymore. Yeah, I was just like, why? Why? Why is it? Have, have they really, are they scraping the barrel that low for date ideas that they were, like, uh, naked tacos seem oh, they can make some taco yeah. jokes. Yeah, it was. I, I hated all of it. I, I was so upset that there were like curdling dairy products near genitals. <laughs> I have to say, I made a terrible decision. So, I normally like sometimes I will, I'll usually watch the episode and take notes throughout, but then sometimes I'm like, I'm done taking notes for the night, I'm gonna have a snack, just keep watching, make a note where to go back and finish the notes. So, right before this date. I stopped taking notes and I was like, I'm going to have some ice cream. (laughs) So not only was I eating dairy during this scene, I was like, I'm going to have to watch it again tomorrow to take notes. And I felt really, really bad about that decision. And I paid for it. I mean, these are two hot, gorgeous people who have not been able to keep their hands off each other. And I think this was the least attracted to each other I've ever seen them. They <laughs> they really tried to make the most of it. They were like, what a fantasy. What a gift to me that this is what I'll think of every time I eat tacos for the rest of my life. And I was like, I think that Mari actually describes that as a good problem to have. So she does call it a problem. She's like, I don't want to be thinking about this when I eat a taco. But you know what? First world problem. I feel like they're real. They're really like trying to get their game faces on being like this is yes definitely very sexy extremely sexy if we just say it enough (laughs) it'll be true why couldn't they just send them to like a dance class or like if they were going to do a food related thing why couldn't they just like have the woman be like oh we're just going to show you how to like do tacos the way we do tacos here like make some tortillas and then they could like feed each other Mm -hmm. like first of all we we understand Kenny is okay being naked. Like we we get it. It's now like the seventh time. It's a little one note. I mean, the moment when Kenny has kind of kind of dismounts. He's been like hovering over Mari, who's streaked, her quivering body is streaked all over with dairy. And he like dismounts, like chewing, and Chef Dora pops up at his elbow and is like, Good taco. I was like, who thought this was a good idea for anyone? This looks like the least pleasant way to have a sexual experience or to be present for one that I can possibly imagine. They're all going to need to go to some, like, 
individual and group therapy after this. She she should. She, I think she should sue her employer. Who made her do this? <laughs> like this is inappropriate. This is harassment in the workplace. I was just hoping they don't get food poisoning from it. I was. That stuff oh. looked like it had been sitting there for. Quite or like a long. yeast infection. Like I don't know. <laughs> like yeah. Harry always wants us to talk about pH levels uh, when these sorts of dates <laughs> crop up, which is with greater and greater frequency. So just a, a reminder, as Rebecca says, it is not a good idea to mix food into your sex. No, don't do it. It's a, <laughs> Yeast infections are like the least of your problem. But don't. It's just, uh, it's really unsanitary. You're going to have to shower afterwards anyway. I hope they shower. They put back on their nice, cute outfits afterwards. Yeah, I had questions about Mari's what the sanitation process was. Yeah, there's a point um, when Mari is smearing sour cream on Kenny's hairy leg. I, I was just like, I can't believe they thought this was a good idea. But you know what? Here we, here I am talking about it. So who's who's the the fool here? All right. I'm a little bit traumatized by this discussion, but let's, <laughs> we must move let's on. Move on. <laughs> but after this, they hopefully get to sponge off and relax uh, with their drinks. I hope they got some wet wipes or uh, a shower head or something. They're they're ready to DTR. Kenny says some things that to me are just like pretty serious red flags. He's like, I didn't. Here's a toast to finding something I didn't even know I was looking for. Which is, what thing was he not looking for? Uh, the whole thing they're supposed to be there to find. Uh, a serious uh, relationship and love. And then he says, in his normal life, finding a wife and having a family has never been a priority. But with Mari, it feels different. So, I hope that By she By the way, is, this, was not, this was not shocking. That the boy band <laughs> cover manager was not in a hurry to lock it down and have some kids was not shocking to me. Yeah, he is a 40-year-old boy band manager who spends all of his time making himself as incredibly buff as possible. So this does not scream, I can't wait to settle down and have children to me. No, this is a man who is very much like, I'll be able to date 25-year-olds for like at least another 10 to 20 years. So what's the problem? Who's in a rush? Oh, God. Um, So... They talk about how their connection was just immediate. And Kenny says, you know, I can't pinpoint what it is about you, but I just felt very strongly for you very quickly. And for some reason, like, I don't even know. Didn't he also say something? Oh, no, I might be jumping ahead about his dog. Oh, yeah. So basically, during this conversation, he ends up saying at the end of the day, I do feel like I'm falling in love with you. And Mari says, really? That's funny because I'm falling in love with you too. And he says, I never say that shit. And she says, when is the last time that you said that to someone? And he says, probably <laughs> to my dog. <laughs> you know what, though? I I got this because something about the way that society teaches men is part of that toxic masculinity thing. I think men are more open to expressing emotion with pets than they are with their actual human partners. Um, I have seen my husband cry so hard when our cat suddenly died. And I probably the hardest I've ever seen him cry. And it just seems like somehow it's more okay for them to access those emotions where fur is involved. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what it is, but it's a thing. I think that's true. That's like, it's okay to say I love you to a dog. It's okay to cry if it's about your sports team. Um, but you can't cry about your relationship. 
like you can't say I love you to the woman that you're in love with. I I feel like there's something about the fact that like men feel that it's humiliating to express love or care or emotion for someone who might leave them and mm-hmm. a dog won't no. do that. And a sports team can't. And like if a woman uh gets that from you and then she like hurts you or leaves you or disobeys you in some way, then you've been emasculated and and made a fool of um in some some catastrophic way. Whereas for women, of course, it is just our lot to be victimized and to be uh rejected after caring for <laughs> someone. So, you know, it's them's the breaks, Claire. It's the dichotomy uh between <laughs> between yeah um no that's so true and definitely we get a lot of i feel like it's funny because this is not how their dynamic played out initially like we see her him being all in and her like pulling away a little bit but when you see them happy together i do feel like there's a very strong vibe of her as like the caretaker like the calm serene angel who's like Yes, I am falling in love with you, of course. Like, like she has almost like a maternal demeanor with him, like very soothing, very calm, very sweet, very angelic. And whereas he's like nervous and like sucking his teeth and like looking down and like, I do get this like very like caretaker, caretakey vibe from them in these moments. Oh, <laughs> Mari reminds me of, I'm going to bring up J-Lo and Ben Affleck for a minute. Um, Please. Please do. I've tweeted about this like ad nauseum. I, I think you mean Benifer. Benifer, and I am yeah. rooting for them. Like I want them to make it to the altar so badly. <laughs> no, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm from New England, and Ben reminds me of like white dudes I know from New England and white dudes I know from Massachusetts who like married the girl they were dating freshman year in high school, right? Like there's just those certain people and like you guys know those people from your high school who just like locked it down. And Ben Affleck has been searching for the woman to like actually lock it down with forever. And that person is J-Lo. They couldn't get it together the first time, but like that is the person. (laughs) Mari reminds me of the girl in that equation. She reminds me of the girl who like would have married the person she met when she was 15, but they just like couldn't get it together. And she is looking to be a wife. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But she has this energy of like, I am looking to be a wife. And I think when Kenny came on the scene and had that kind of like chaotic energy that she was like, I can tame this and take care of it and build a home with it, which is like, I don't think this is going to go the way it's going to go. But I, I, it's, it's really interesting to see her, like she's already settled in, like you said, she's settled into this like wife mother role with Kenny. And he is just doing his kind of chaotic thing and being naked and talking about his dog and stuff. I'm interested to see how this, plays out because it either goes down in flames or it ends up in a Dean Caitlin situation where she is now hitched to Kenny, but they're not living in a house. They're on a tour with his boy band. Yeah. I think she's going to have to be open to that vision looking a little more compatible with his boy band manager lifestyle. It actually strikes me as quite like a romance novel narrative as a consumer of romance novels, like, or dynamic, the uh, older, like, sort of, I can't really be in a relationship. I've never really 
thought about love in that way, but like I'm incredibly rift and interesting and sexy and a look at this beautiful, sweet woman who changes the whole way I perceive love. And the great thing about romance novels is you can like experience that narrative, um, but probably in a way that it would never work out in real life. But Mari and Kenny are like, maybe we can make this work in real life. And we'll get that check-in in like five years where they're like, having afternoon sex and like their 17 kids are playing in the yard. I believe it the way they look at each other. And I believe it. I believe that they are falling in love. Yes. Okay. Believe I believe it. that they are feeling. I yeah. think they are definitely genuinely into each other. Oh yeah, we'll, for sure. Yeah. We'll, I think we'll it see could work out. He it, might yeah. at 40 finally be ready to settle down. Exactly. You know, it's possible. It's I'm not writing them off. I'm not writing yeah. them off. I just don't know if, <laughs> if the vision is actually going to be, I don't know if the vision is going to be what Mari's vision is right now. <laughs> right. I think, <laughs> you know I think I mean? that's like, the, the biggest question. Like, they could, they could grow old together. I just don't know if it's going to look the way that Mari thinks it's going to look right now. Yeah. Probably yeah. not. So, back at the resort. They go to the Boom Boom Room. Uh, of course. Not, not just that. They have a very romantic, calm walk into the Boom Boom Room. For a romantic evening together, just wanted to call that out. Good for them. Good for them. Look, look, we we love to see it. Uh, yes, glad they're having fun. Yes. Um, meanwhile, back at the resort, we're getting into the very tepid Tia, James, and Blake love triangle. James is like, I got to shoot my shot. I got to put in some effort here, and so he's like set up a little scene to remind <laughs> a Tia diorama of home. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, Wiener, Arkansas. I know things about that, maybe. At least it wasn't a hot dog, I have to say. It could have been worse. Or That's a dick true. pic. Did he just pull two uh, art pieces off the wall and make up a no, story? No, they, they came up with this idea. They had a PA, like, super, they were like, <laughs> exactly. run to the closest CVS. All they had was neon paint. <laughs> And they, like, came back and they're like, okay, here's the concept we have. Like, I I have been in this stupid kind of production meeting before. I'm telling you. <laughs> I have been the PA who has run to the store to get the stupid paint. This is exactly what happened. They're like, okay, we'll come up with this whole stoplight versus big city narrative. And he can go in and, like, whoever is, like, personally producing James, they had the dumbest conversation ever and then walked into this date. That's what happened. Yeah, that feels extremely correct. Uh, what they because what he has are like basically two wooden boards that are like the same size, but one is like turned vertical and one is horizontal. And the vertical one has just three like lights. It's a stoplight. Yeah, it's yeah. a stoplight painted a stoplight, and the other one has a cityscape painted in like the same like three colors as the stoplight. Look, there were yeah, there were were limited color options. You you work with what you got, but he. He look, he makes a lot out of a little. He's like, you're from a one stoplight town. I'm from a concrete jungle that dreams are made from something, <laughs> etc. I definitely made up this line myself. <laughs> He's like, you know, a concrete jungle. all the Jay-Z lyrics he can come up with. <laughs> Um, and he, uh, he's like, so don't you just feel like you're at home now? It's a little taste of home. Um, and she's like, yeah, great. Thank you. And she tells him a little bit about growing up in a 700 person rice farming town. And she says, now I'm in Nashville. It's nice to have like be in a more like big city setting, but I'm still driving distance. And I like that. I wouldn't want to be any further. If they were really 
serious about each other in any way, this would be a moment for a conversation of like, you live in Manhattan. I live in Nashville. And that's the furthest I'm willing to go from home. Like, what would a step forward be? And instead, James is like, wow, like, isn't it just crazy how like, because of this experience, like, nowhere else would we have crossed paths and like the world brought us together. And she's like, yeah, it's crazy how people can just be meant to be. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'm going to, I'm trying to respond to this gamely, but. Without saying that we are meant to be the two of us in the same place at this moment. She's like, "Uh, yes, I guess I, I was meant to be here. You were meant to be here as well. Close ish physical proximity to me can i just but say he, he i, I love tia yes i, I do too i am so her energy is incredible she's just like eh, whatever she is like keeps it 100 all the time she's <laughs> so funny and she's nice like she was trying to be nice to him but she was like what the fuck are you talking about and she yeah. tried to roll with it but like couldn't even really roll with it she was just like yeah uh-huh. Sure, let's kiss. Okay. <laughs> She's a classic, like, not not uh not good at faking it uh in these scenarios. Oh, I love that about her. Yeah. And so they kiss, and then we see Tia saying, James is uh James is great, but sometimes you just have to listen to your vagina. And when James kissed her, it didn't dance like it did for Blake. So so it is look it is what it is what kind of yeah i think we actually have a clip of this thank you yeah of course you want to head out yeah let's go so cute i'm conflicted of course my heart is leading me toward james who is such a great person overall but sometimes you just have to listen to your vagina kissing blake makes my vagina dance and tingle and feel really nice and as nice as tonight was with James when we kiss I just don't feel a tingle in my vagina so okay listen this is very important on one hand we got someone that really makes you dance in there on the other hand we got someone that's really really nice and sweet and great and you're not really feeling much so I need you to help me make this decision but it's really important it was it was a moment she says vagina a lot and she implores the vagina to help her make a decision um between this great sweet guy and the guy who makes her vagina happy and i just have to say i think the vagina is already doing its its part here meanwhile let's talk about marissa and riley uh, marissa is ready to have the conversation yeah see if he can dig a little deeper um she's like i have some trust issues from my past and so i really need to know why he's not being open with me and so of course she takes him to a day bed okay so this was another editing moment where i was like what in the world you two are like practically married (laughs) how have you not talked all day Okay. That conversation was weird because it made it seem like they hadn't even been around each other at all for like 24 hours. Yes. This was one of those conversations where, yeah, where they talk like they haven't been around each other all day. On the other hand, I do actually see my husband all day, every day now. And sometimes I still ask him how his day was just because I'm like desperate to have something to say. 
<laughs> like it's dinner time. How was your day? You, I was here. Also, I think sometimes like they will be off with friends. Like some people will be in the pool and some people will be working out and, or like someone will go take a nap. Like I think it is, it is possible to have like not seen each other for a few hours. Uh, it was strange watching you talk to Damar. It got more real. I thought I'd handle it better, but um, I'm into you, basically, is what he yeah. says. He's like, I hope she lets him know I'm the guy, and that's just how it is. And he says, I wrote you a rap song. I don't do that. And she whispers, it's dope. <laughs> <laughs> I love the two of them. They're so sweet together. And Marissa kind of says, like, I, I want to know why you've been sort of closed off with me. And... This is where he talks about his family, which, as Rebecca, as you said, we did get a bit of this um, during the Klesha season from him. But he says, it's hard to explain. As, as much as I want a family, my family situation has never been great, and that really scares me. He says that his parents got divorced when he was young. His dad was kind of shitty to his mom. Um, and ultimately kept him and his brother away from their mom for many years. And when he got older, he sort of realized this dynamic, made up with his mom, and now has not spoken to his father in years. I thought and this I thought, was ugh. this was really as so as far as like ABC has been completely dropping the ball on this um, as far as like race goes. I think back to the Kenny and Lee situation where they really did they failed they failed Kenny in that situation and they really, they set him up and that was not cool. And I think jumping forward, um, especially after everything that happened with Matt, which was with his parents and like how like cringy that was. I really appreciated that Riley was able to have this conversation on his own terms. And however they edited it, they didn't edit to make him seem like uh, angry black man, damaged black man. Like he was able to just say like really hurtful things happen in my life. And, I'm trying to process them and I'm trying to find love while processing them. I was actually crying a little mm-hmm. bit during this mm-hmm. moment because seeing yeah. Riley get this upset. Seeing him cry was so emotional. I think that was really important and it wasn't over something like silly and it wasn't like a, like an angry toxic masculinity moment. It was like, a a pleasant vulnerable moment with his partner and they're trying to like talk this out i was actually thinking a lot about dean too when we saw what happened with dean's father and like Mm -hmm. i think a lot of the drama in bachelor paradise or in bachelor franchise is like surface level or just like what happened at stagecoach um but to see (laughs) you know Dean's father having like mental health issues and like stuff with his siblings and his mom like that was really real heavy stuff um, and so I, that I was thinking of Dean and Riley and what it means to show men going through actual traumatic stuff with their families and like how they're handling that and how on shows like this, it needs to be handled with care, too. Yeah, I think that this was a great example of the show, as you said, kind of just like allowing this conversation to play out without sort of making it like build up to trauma bonding or like now is the moment where you must disclose whatever horrible thing happened to you. Like it really felt like, yeah, this is an appropriate moment in the evolution of this particular relationship for some of these conversations to be had. Um, Talking about families is something that inevitably comes up when you're talking about how you are in your relationships. It's certainly something I've spoken about 
with with my partner. Um, it was just it was like one of those rare moments on reality television where you really feel like you're getting insight into someone and you're really seeing a completely genuine moment of human emotion. And it was beautiful. And I agree that like the sometimes when this show, some of the moments when this show is at its best is when it does allow men to have a venue for vulnerability and for expressing emotion and being given compassion um, and sort of being affirmed for expressing that emotion. And I thought this was a beautiful example of that. And he's not being set up for a this woman or love is going to heal me. It's a story of someone who's working on healing himself or going through the healing process and, and now in a place where he's ready to fall in love as a more whole person or have, having worked through issues. And I, I really appreciate that because I feel like so many times the there's that sort of romantic idea that it's the woman's job to fix what's going on or fill that gap or something for the man to be the caretaker like you were saying and Riley is taking care of himself he's taking time he's obviously it seems obvious to me that he's had therapy and he's really learned to talk through things and he's reached a better place in his life even if it's not complete um, and it probably never will be but he's reached a place where he's ready to fall in love and uh, made me really believe in them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so then they, they get through this part of the conversation and, you know, they talk about, he says, I really want you to meet my mom. She'd love you. And this makes Marissa feel really great about their future. And then she says, I want you to be my man. I love waking up to you. And then she gets like a bit stalled. She's like, I have, I have, uh, this is really hard for me. It's really hard. And he says, it's hard for me too. And they take a moment and she says, I'm falling in love with you. And he says, he's falling in love with her. So cute. It was so cute. I was like, oh, this baby. I know. It's like, yay, we got some, we got some nice romance. It made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. I loved it. I loved the two of them individually. I love them together. Yeah. It was great. Uh, Yeah. I think we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Can you keep up? I like I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or 
Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. So then we have um, some ominous thunder, clouds on the horizon. Everyone is gathered for breakfast, thinking about the rose ceremony that night. And suddenly, here come some dudes in Navy t-shirts and headsets. So yeah, we know one they're of, not supposed to be on camera. One of them is, I believe, Peter, who's one of like the executive producers. Like These are people who like do not come out they're not the ones who are like really individually producing like these are the the head people right they're usually Um, in a in a room somewhere right exactly everyone (laughs) seems like startled they all like know like something's going on and basically they're like look i i know you're expecting there to be a cocktail party and rose ceremony tonight but unfortunately that will not be happening there's a dangerous tropical storm rapidly approaching. And as of an hour ago, it's headed straight for us. So for the safety of the cast and crew, we're recommending that we evacuate immediately. It is no longer safe for you guys to stay in paradise. I don't want any of you to panic. I'm like, they're definitely all panicking. But I do need you to head across the beach and pack your bags right away. Like, we need to start evacuating. We're all going to die right yeah. love how clearly scripted this was. Like, they were like, this is going to be a shot in the show. We need to write, like, a little speech for you to leave that's, like, really emphasizes this travel storm is heading straight for us. And it's it's actually no longer safe for you guys to be in paradise anymore. Like, that's going to be great in a mm-hmm. teaser. 
I just was wondering, where's Lil John? Like, is he in a bunker? They've taken him to a secure <laughs> well, location. Yeah, actually, Lil John him like, in every am, day. He's not there Lil at all. Like, I am too precious to be put in the eye of the storm. Like, no, it's my day off. He was already back in Atlanta. And then he was like, I'll come back in a couple of yeah. days. He's like, I'm too expensive for you to yeah. have me stay here all the time for like three days. Like you can fly me in when I have to give a little, a little routine, little speech. And everyone looks very freaked out. And I have to say, they make a very leisurely evacuation across the beach. They're all like, oh my God, we have to go. Um. Anyway, like, do you like, should we just like walk over or and then they walk very slowly <laughs> across the sand, like just holding a hand. I was like, none of you look like you're in any sort of urgent evacuation moment. The only people who express any urgency are like all of the field producers who are like trying to cover everything with tarps <laughs> and like lay big columns on their sides. So things don't get completely destroyed. Like they're like running around and the cast is like, Where's my uh, third straightener? <laughs> over here somewhere. Why did I bring look, all of yeah. these straighteners? It's so much to pack. They we do d- eventually, though, get into the vans. Uh, they seem to be divided by gender. Yeah. And I assume they're being taken off to, like, the main hotel area further from the, the beach. Who knows? Serena and Joe keep saying dramatically, like, we don't know when we'll <laughs> see each other again. Yeah, I was like, do you all understand that, like, you are allowed to speak when you're not in Mexico? <laughs> like, it was so weird. They're like, we'll never see each other again. I actually was. OK, so we got to commercial break. There is a everyone has been packed off in the vans. There's nightfalls, lightning, tumultuous winds. And then we're back. It's daytime sunny and everyone is back i was like where's the footage from evacuation time i want to know like that was the very anticlimactic evacuation i know i would have loved seeing them like running around the halls like you know or like being isolated in their rooms like we can't talk to each other they're just back and serena's like the storm is gone paradise is back in session and here we are um little john is waiting for them on the beach he has flown back from Atlanta. I think we have a clip of what he says because I did not want to try to say it myself. Hey, Welcome okay. back <laughs> with everybody. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> he tells them the cocktail party is in an hour. And so everyone, the women all get out their little compacts and the men all tousle their hair and put on their going out tops. I was like, they must be thrilled that this is starting in the daytime, which means that it probably won't end at like 4 a.m. Unless it's just a really long cocktail party. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a like 20 hour cocktail party. Start the day drinking. I mean, why not? <laughs> the, the men all uh, cross the beach in dramatic single file, like a very long Abbey Road. And four of them are going home. So tensions are high. Blake and James are competing for Tia, both by just exposing a lot of peck and and neck area. Blake is in a mostly unbuttoned shirt. And James is wearing like a very open-necked black tee and black pants. It's sort of like... It's like he borrowed the boat neck from, uh, who was it, Ben last year? Who who (laughs) was always wearing that that boat neck tee. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what... I kept having this feeling like he looks just like, and I was like, 
a ballet dancer doing stage crew, like someone dressed up as a sexy French waiter. Like, I don't know, but it was like, (laughs) and Ivan doesn't have a romantic connection, but just like hoping something works out so he can stay and meet someone next week. Yeah, He's like, I'm just going to throw myself at a woman or two and see what sticks, I guess. I hate this for Ivan. I want him to have the dignity to be like, paradise is not the place for me to find love I'm leaving. Ivan, it's okay. Just be like, look, it's been real, but my little heart can't take it anymore and I'm going to exit with my head held high. Instead, we're going to get get him just like having the saddest, most like desperate downfall, uh, especially judging from the preview for next week. It's like, this is not going well. Ivan got I think got a really weird edit this season and got a really weird edit considering how hot he is. Like he's so hot and they, they gave him like ugly guy edit. And you're like, why? Like, why is Ivan almost in none of the episodes? Like he he has no, none of his arcs, like even his, his friendship with like DeAndre, like we didn't really get to see them having like one-on-one conversations. Like his edit this season has been terrible. Yeah. It's almost like they yeah. cut out things that we would have needed to see to understand other par- other people's stories just so they could cut Ivan out. Like, it almost feels that pointed how little he's been in certain points of the season. And personally, I just, I want Ivan to have a big starring role on Paradise or I want him to be like, I'm too good for this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is just like bumming me out. <sighs> Lil John comes out to for his last. I think this is his last moment as host, and Lil John does just like a little, a little routine, a little like comedy routine. He's doing some crowd work. He's like, "So I heard the word love was being used. Anyone use the word love?" And Joe's like, "We did." And Joe says it was spur of the moment, but it felt right. And this, I hated. I hated, I hated what Joe said I next. Hated this so much. He says, "Last time on the show meant a lot to me, and this time." I'm starting to realize might mean a little bit more. I was like, why would you say any part of this? Like Kendall's gone. Like, first of all, you're bringing up the specter of Kendall to Serena, who doesn't want to hear about it. And then you're using it to be like, but you're better than you're better. Like it was, I was just like, you don't have to do that. You can just be like, I'm so excited to be here with Serena. You don't need to say, and she's better than Kendall. Like it just made me feel really sad. And I was like, this is just a thing that Kendall is going to see when it airs and just feel unnecessarily hurt by it. And I don't think that it would be that that great for Serena to hear. So like what's the right? Point? It's not it's not what's like so upside? effective. It, it's just like, yeah, it's uh, it's totally unnecessary. And I think overall Joe has done a really good job of being respectful of everyone. And I was just like, ugh. This yeah. that sucked. Just and like, was leave it. not we didn't need that. So uh then little John is like, Tia, you got James and Taddy Daddy. One of them won't get a rose, and then he'll be a saddy daddy. So <laughs> and with that, Lil John leaves. He's like, That's my line. <laughs> That's uh, I will not be here all night, folks. Yes. Goodbye. But Tia now it has to deal with her love triangle. She's upset because Blake is the one she's actually into but he has shown no actual interest in winning her over and she's like there's a rose on the line he still isn't acting like he cares about me at all and but she's not willing to just like kind of let it go and give her rose to James because there's still that part of her the part that I think keeps ending up as she says in relationships with guys who don't give a shit 
that's like, I'm gonna tell him that he needs to give a shit and that will be productive. She's like, effort, that's all you can do. And Blake kind of gives her flirty brows and is like, oh, is it? And she's like, yeah, have you been putting in effort, Blake? And he's like, yeah, I have. And she's like, today? And at this point, Damar excuses himself. Yeah, Damar is like, I'm not staying here for this. I don't need this energy in my life. He's like, my role in this is done, I think. And (laughs) Tia is like, Blake, I want to be pursued. I want to be chosen. I want to be made to feel special. And you're not really doing that for me. This was another thing with the edit. And I feel like a little bit later when Ivan drops a little nugget. I want to know what happened during evacuation time with these two. Because I don't think they were actually kept apart. And we've only seen them on a date once. So he was like, I've said all this stuff to you, which, of course, we never saw. And so I'm wondering, like, if it was a Marissa Riley thing where, like, they maybe actually had a trip to a boom boom room of their own and they've hooked up. And she's like, we've done all this stuff, but you haven't actually done anything else beyond that. Because Tia was heated. She was she mad. Was, Tia yeah, was, she was mad. Pissed. And like I was, I, and he was really defensive. So I was like, something else happened. Yeah, like, here what that- did we miss here? Oh, I do. That is interesting. interesting. I do wonder if they had some sort of sexy I, interaction during. See, my read on this was, I like Tia, but I think she does kind of the opposite thing that Marissa did in their conversation, where she says to Blake, "Here's what I need from you," and then she doesn't like step back. But he needs the space to do the thing that she wants him to do. Like He's not going to be able to do the action in this conversation. Right. The conversation is not going to produce the action that she needs. And she's she's allowed to want that, of course. But, like, when is he going to do it now? Like, is this just a conversation to yell at him and they're over? Or is this a conversation where she's letting him know that he needs to put in effort. Because if so, she then needs to give him a moment to do that. And I feel like that the moment already happened and we didn't see it. So this is the aftermath of like, I told you three days ago to do X, <laughs> Y, and Z after we had sex maybe, or made out a lot. <laughs> and then you didn't do it. And you've just been kind of hanging around thinking you have it in the bag. <laughs> and I want you to be more romantic and I've given you an opportunity to do it. And you're not. And he's probably like, we were stuck in a hotel and all I could do was like order you chicken fingers that I wasn't paying for. Like, so I, I'm sure he's like, I haven't even gotten a chance to do a grand gesture. We've been like stuck in a hotel this whole time. Yeah. Like the way she makes it sound is like she wanted him to like grab her as soon as the party started. And then a little time went by and he hadn't yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Tessa? I just going off of what we saw, I felt very sympathetic for Tia in this. Um, I feel like she's not an unreasonable person just from going off what she, the way she speaks and she seems very honest and direct. And I think she made him, she hurt his pride in front of his friends and he wanted her to feel bad about it. That's how I read that whole argument that they had on the daybed because he's saying over and over again i don't know what more i could do i don't know what i could say and she's actually kind of giving him ideas but he's not really this would have been so easy for him to fix just say oh 
I'm really sorry. You know what? Let's let me grab a bottle of wine and two glasses and we'll go over here and we'll have our moment or something. I really feel like it would not have been difficult for him to smooth that over. But I think his pride was hurt and he wanted it to come across as her fault. And he seemed to me really sulky and resentful and unnecessarily angry about what could have been a small miscommunication that got solved. That's a really good point. Cause I, I do think it seemed like she wasn't giving him the space, but that doesn't mean he handled the relate the, the conversation. Well, because whenever she said, I need action, he would say like, well, but I'm saying the right things, which is clearly not a response to what she's saying. It was the most circular conversation. It got them absolutely nowhere. And I was like, okay, so so this is going to basically be probably the end of of this little dalliance. Unless he makes her vagina feel, I mean, like an exponential amount better than James does, which I don't know. That's the wild card here. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Tia's headed at some point for just a like, nah, I'm not fine love here. Like, goodbye. I want her and <laughs> Ivan to just be like, we deserve better. <laughs> yeah, we deserve better. It's time for us to go. Tia sits down with James after this, it seems like, and says very pointedly to just to him, there's no one else there. Thank you for doing something the other night in the treehouse because it doesn't go unnoticed. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, uh, great. Thank you. Poor James is just like, oh, I'm always, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Yeah. So he and Ivan and Aaron are kind of chilling. Aaron is very much like, I want to keep pursuing Chelsea. He thinks she's, quote, a sweet girl and beautiful. She's sweet and beautiful. Wow. wow. Um, and so he steals her away from the bar to give her a special moment. A runway challenge. It's like I was trying to put, put myself in. <laughs> he was like, I know you're a model. So I thought I would do some runway for you. Aaron's flirtation style is something to see because he's trying to make it about Chelsea right now. But fundamentally, what he's set up is an opportunity for her to watch him perform. (laughs) Although she seems to be into it. Like, I think that Aaron seems to be someone who's just like goofy and charming, like from the response that other people seem to be giving him on the beach consistently. Like, he seems to be someone who's pretty easy to like to have fun with to laugh with um and then he's he like very away with being not a very attentive partner at least in the beginning by being so much fun and yeah. then eventually you start to be like does he ever ask me a question about myself <laughs> who can say but he is very complimentary of chelsea he's just like yes wow you're such a beautiful model you're so good at this uh and Meanwhile, Ivan is clearly like, huh, that that Chelsea over there doesn't seem fully locked down. Maybe I can get a rose. Do you guys think that Aaron is genuinely into Chelsea? Ivan is sitting over here being like, I don't think he's really into Chelsea. I actually think he is. I don't don't think he is. I don't think he is either. Really? I kind of thought he was. I mean, I think he should be. She's gorgeous. But like the way that he actually interacts with her does not make me think he's into her. I think he likes her. I think he likes her as a friend. Um, I don't. I don't think he does. I don't think we're not in like Brendan Natasha territory or anything. I just. I don't think. I don't think he's like. I don't think he's smitten. Like I think he. Yeah. I think he thinks she's beautiful. I think he likes hanging out with her. But I don't think he's like. I'm gonna wife her up. I think he's just staying with her probably to the end of this, and then they probably won't talk again after. Frankly, I think 
very few of these like relationships, anything that's sort of fresher, I kind of think no one's like wifing the other one up a little bit. No, but so you can, I like continue I, to pursue like to me. Yeah. To me, Chelsea is Aaron's option. She is his only option. Like Chelsea's saying things to him like, oh, I really gravitate towards you in groups. Like I was on my date and I wanted to get back and talk to you. And he's saying to her like, well, you're beautiful. You're clearly the full package. So it's great to hear that you're into me. Like, that's basically what he said to her. When they kissed, it was like, when they were doing the, after the little runway challenge, he like walked up to her and kissed her. And it was a moment of like, okay, now we kiss. Yes. Not not a like, I am yeah, really I into that. you and I love being in your like proximity and like kissing right now feels like the natural thing to do. It was right. like, okay, now we kiss. And it was I just, maybe I know, like that sort of, I don't know, that's sort of the energy I we've gotten with Aaron and like all of his various relationships. I do think that I have yet to see Aaron in, I mean, I think the closest was Tammy. I think yeah, that, like that's the closest we've seen him to being like, I choose this person because I'm, I'm genuinely into them. And even then we didn't see a lot. So lackluster. <laughs> I feel like Chelsea's just like, Hey, I'm here to make out with a bunch of hot dudes. None of these guys are going to be my boyfriend. Like whatever. Yeah. Even with Aaron, like, she was giving me more than Aaron was giving, but it was still sort of like, I like hanging out with you. Like, yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing passionate. But Chelsea does at this point seem to be trying to feel out whether he's interested, whether Ivan's interested in her. And she's like, have you ever had a sing- even a single thought about me? And he's like, Chelsea, you're beautiful. You're easy to talk to. What do you mean? I've had a whole lot of thoughts. They were, this, this to me felt very summer camp in a good way. Like they were like, <laughs> we're in a corner, not hidden, by the way. Like these are the two kids you catch making out by a tree out oh, by yeah. open. And you're like, everyone can see you. Like they didn't even. <laughs> I have said for years that Paradise is essentially the summer camp of yes. the Bachelor franchise. I was like that. Yeah. I was, I always am like, that's how people fall in love so quickly. It's like by making out next time. to a tree. Yes, by making out next to a tree and having nothing else to do or think yeah. about. The the, the makeout is also very haze code. It's like they kiss, they pull away, they peck, they kiss, they pull away. And meanwhile, Aaron and James are observing all of this. This is where I start to get excited because I know I'm going to get some classic Aaron lines. I mean, <laughs> so the problem with Aaron for me is when he gets really mad, It I feel like his insults devolve a little bit. like. He's he's so mad. And James is like, he's rose hunting, bro. He's just rose hunting. And Aaron's like, I know, but he's such a little fucking bitch. I will slap that stupid beard off his face. That dude, that guy's such a little snaky bitch bag. <laughs> and I'm like, you're just well, saying bitch a lot. You yeah. Know? Like, I don't know. Come on, Aaron. Is Aaron we, we know you're more creative. <laughs> we know you're you're you should be more creative. I will this. say little snaky bitch bag is probably a more creative spin on bitch than we would see from many of the men. So that's true. It's not just little bitch. Right. So <laughs> it's it's really just taking the form and evolving it. And I guess I do appreciate that. Is it like a hybrid hybrid like bitch and douchebag? I've never is bitch bag like something the kids are saying these days and I just haven't heard it? I don't think so. so. Just the errands. I thought of it as just like a bag full of bitch, you know, like just bitch energy. Trapped, <laughs> trapped, trapped a in a bag. <laughs> a bag full of bitch. Uh, so James says, tell him how you feel, brah. 
And Aaron says, easily done. And he heads over to where Ivan is standing by the bar and shouts up to him from the beach. Quick word, quick word, bro. Can I have a quick word down here? Can you come down here? So Aaron goes up to the bar and gets in Ivan's face and says, you told me over there at that table that you weren't going to steal anyone's rose. So what was that with Chelsea? And Ivan's like, yeah, I I meant that. But like Chelsea surprised me. And Aaron says, bitch move. Here's here's the thing about all of this is Aaron. Aaron reminds me he's very he's like super frat bro energy. But I think what we need to do is rewind to Tasia's season where we met Ivan's family. And we met specifically Ivan's brother. And I'm willing to bet that Ivan can actually fight. I'm just going to put that out there. Like, if we're going to be honest about, like, who can really fight? And I feel like Ivan was actually giving him a moment of, like, Aaron, I love you. You don't actually know that I can knock you out. And I don't know that you actually want to go there with me. And Ivan decided he wanted to get more puffed up. If this was in the streets, I'd be like, fucking fight. fight. <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting because Aaron likes to get loud with people who don't throw punches. And I think this was a moment of like, honey, you actually don't know me like that. And you don't know, like, my brother is a thug. I hang out with like actual thugs. Like, I don't think you actually want to have this fight with me. Yeah, Aaron definitely is talking a little, like, in his interview, like, he's a desperate little bitch boy. He's built like a chopstick. I'll snap him in half. I'm like, I know that you're like, buff, Aaron, but have you been in a fight? Like, we've seen you, yeah, like, jawing off at a lot of guys. Aaron just, just likes to yell, and he's tall. That's it. Uh, and we we end on this fight with a to be continued. And I'm like, oh, good. Just what we need. Even more of this exchange <laughs> in another week. Fantastic. It was line where they're like toe to toe with each other. And they're like, what's you going to do? What's you going to do? And Aaron says, watch your lip quivering. <laughs> my favorite part. Oh, my God. Now, there's a romance novel just, like, line. like painting a He's, picture. That's where I was like, okay, now kiss. It was like (laughs) (laughs) that. Well, that would be the greatest twist to ever exist on this show that I could get on board with. I don't want to see them beat the shit out of each other, but I would like to see them make out. Yeah. I wish for once Aaron would go up to a man and and kiss him instead of trying to start a fight with him. I'm not defending Aaron. I just find it (laughs) very amusing. And he never takes it out on the woman, which I do appreciate. He always goes. You know, he he doesn't seem to have any anger toward Chelsea in this situation, which um, yet, but we did see yet, him. Oh dear, carry a lot okay. of anger towards Tam. Well, what's weird to me, well, the Tammy thing oh, was particularly true. bad. We haven't seen how this plays out. He didn't talk to Tammy directly. He acted like Thomas was the active player in mm-hmm. that even though he had no, like, friendship with Thomas. And, but, and Tammy literally, like, went and mounted Thomas. Right. I actually feel <laughs> like he should have addressed that directly with Tammy first. He didn't. He went to Thomas, the other man. But then he was really mad and mean to Tammy oh, about it as well. I guess you're right. All right, I'll stop defending Aaron. It's harder to hate Aaron than a lot of uh, people on the show, no matter what he does, because he is so good with his words and he's so fun to watch. Uh, and that's, I think where we need to end. Rebecca, Tessa, thank you so much for joining us. Can you let everyone know where to find you and 
the latest books from you that they should check out? Well, um, my website's tessadera.com. I'm on Twitter mostly as my preferred social of choice. And it's just at tessadera, one word. Uh, my most recent book is called The Wallflower Wager. I write historical romance that's sort of uh, Bridgerton and aesthetic. We'll just say that. Um, you can find me at RebeccaWeatherspoon.com. Um, I'm on Twitter mostly too. It's r.spoon spelled out. Um, and my next book is A Thorn in the Saddle. That's book three in the Cowboys of California. Um, and they're all fairy tale retellings about three brothers who run a luxury ranch in Southern California. So that'll be out in October. Oh, hell yes. Okay. Well, uh, I've got a lot of books to buy, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Thank you both for joining us. This has been such a delight. And we hope that you will come back again and recap again this with was us. so much fun. Thank you. And now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. Let's start, as always, with Love to See It. We love to see a bold floral top. And so Lil John really brought it for us this episode and I loved that. Me too. It was really working for me. Like love to see that from Lil John. We also love to see Riley and Marissa's relationship getting a serious romantic moment in the spotlight. It was so beautiful. We were tearing up watching it. Um it was just it was really lovely to see Riley be able to, you know, have a conversation that was deep and vulnerable and didn't feel so chopped up by the editors or exploited. It's beautiful. And also, Natasha seemingly having a great date with Ed, although I'm sort of like, Ed? Really? Ed? But that guy? I, I salute her happiness. I wish for it. And I love to see it. Now it's time for Hate to See It. We hate to see Kendall being emotionally tortured by watching her ex fall in love with a 23-year-old and Joe then making an unnecessary reference to his time with Kendall while announcing to the whole group that he's falling in love with Serena more than he fell in love with Kendall. Just hate to see it. Mm, big yikes. And hate to see sour cream near anyone's genitals or... In leg, leg hair. hair. I mean, I guess it's, it's I don't know it. for sure if it was sour cream, but definitely looked like a crema sort of sauce. Near genitals, leg hair rubbed into, licked off their bodies, trickling down a quivering thigh. Hate to see it. Just like no dairy products that could possibly curdle. Why is it always on dairy? The body this I just way. don't it's understand. Just, it's not, we don't need it. I don't know. I don't understand. I, I'm not, mm. we don't like it. Stop. We also hate to see climate change coming for paradise. It's just a dark reminder of the state of our planet and how we have destroyed it. Indeed. Uh, also, finally, hate to see Ivan being reduced to rose hunting on this show. I, I would love to see Ivan leave on his own terms at this point. This is the decision he's made, and I, I truly hate to see that it's come to this for his time on Paradise. And finally, of course, we have our crabby rating. There was some, like a moderate amount of crab footage. They did get the honor of that opening shot. They set the scene. But 
you know, they never really got to take center stage. So what do we say, Claire? Like a five? I think we could say a, a five is is fair. Just the honor of that opening shot, you know, that central uh, initial metaphor, um, that counts for something. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our lovely guests, Tessa Dare and Rebecca Weatherspoon. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Kate Moldenauer. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. More importantly, tell all your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. Help us get the word out about our new name. And if you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it pod and Instagram at Claire and Emma pod. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week for even more drama on the beach. Stitcher. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Save big money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards.